Hello, everyone, and welcome to Life Hacks for Working Moms, the podcast that helps you overcome the overwhelm, embrace the chaos, and cultivate a life you love. My name is Megan Strand, and I am so excited to be here with you today. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy day to tune in. This whole month, we're going to be talking about creating a happy home. And today, that means talking about a clean and organized home. As a mother, whether you work outside the home or not, we all know that having a chaotic, swirling tornado of a house makes life just a lot more stressful for everyone involved. And I happen to know this from intimate personal experience. There's something almost therapeutic when your house is neat and organized and clean and all of your systems are in place. The challenge, at least for me, lies in keeping it that way. I think you're really gonna love my guest today for this very reason. Her name is Nikki Kinzer. She started a business in 2008 as a professional organizer, and now she's an ADHD coach helping empower people with ADHD and the founder of Take Control ADHD. She's also a personal friend of mine. Hey, Nikki. Hi, Megan. Thanks so much for being here today. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Before we dig sort of into the nitty gritty details of keeping up on those tasks that most of us would rather just ignore. Nikki, you also run a successful business, as I've just mentioned, as well as a busy family. So could you just give us a glimpse into what your personal setup is? We all have a lot of roles. What are what are your roles? Well, as many, like as many people that, that are probably listening, I mean, there's a lot of roles we play, right? Um, definitely working, uh, managing the house, being a mom, um, all of those things, being a wife, being a friend, being a sister, uh, being a daughter, cause you can't forget your parents. Uh, <laughs> um, but I think, you know, I have a, a, a little different situation cause I do work from home. And yeah. so my office is inside my house and, um, and I have some flexibility because I am in the coaching industry. And so I have a little bit more say of, of when I see clients. And, and that's really been my saving grace is actually adding structure um, of when I'm at home and when I'm at the office makes a big difference. Oh, that's so good to know. And you've got two beautiful children. I do. I have a sixth grader and a third grader. And uh, they keep me on my toes, that's for sure. (laughs) I'm sure. I'm sure, as do my two children as well. So let's talk a little bit about, you know, you've had a lot of experience working with people one-on-one. People let let you into their homes, into their personal spaces. And I've got to tell you, there's a lot of times I wish I could just sort of manifest you into my own home when I'm feeling really overwhelmed. So when you first start working with a client and, you know, there's some disorganization happening, they're having a hard time keeping their house clean and their systems in place. What are some of the biggest challenges you find that people run into? Well, I think the key word is overwhelm. I think, um, that's something I hear very often is lots of, um, lots of things going on at once and they're not really sure where to start or what to do, or they just, um, there's just too much. And so it's exhausting. And I think that one of the biggest roadblocks that, that's, that I see with clients is they have this sort of idea of what the perfect household should look like. And if their house doesn't meet that idea, um, then somehow they feel like they have failed and, uh, mm. then a lot of frustration and guilt, um, comes into play. Well, cause we all, we all know that, that woman, right. The woman who, you know, works, has a family. She probably does nine other things and her house, at least when we go there is always <laughs> pristine, right? Like everything's always in place. 
Yes, I would. I would suggest looking in their drawers <laughs> and behind the the shower curtain because you never know what you're going to find. Yeah, I mean the, the the grass is always greener on the other side. So what you think is a perfect um, ran house, they probably are dealing with the same struggles that you are. They just may be hiding it, you know, a little differently than you are. Um, but everybody's going. I mean, it, this is so common to to have these kinds of frustrations. Um, and, uh, and, and think you're not doing it right. Right. Well, and I don't, I don't know. I don't know. You always have a very clean home, at least when I've seen it, but for Most me, because you were coming over, that's right. Yeah. yeah that, nothing, yeah. nothing will make you clean your house thoroughly than having house guests. Uh, of course. That's why yeah. sometimes I do invite people over. That's sometimes right. it's just got to happen. But, right. but so I don't know. First of all, where do people get these perceptions and what, what can we do about it more importantly? Because I know for me, Yes, I would like to have a perfect perfect house at all times, but I've got to say the reality is that sort of organizing and cleaning, that is always going to be the first thing that falls off of my priority list because, you know, when when it's competing with kids or maybe something happening at work or whatever it is, like that's the first thing to go. So right. what do we do with that challenge? Yeah. I mean, and that's so true. Um, I think that, you know, more importantly, not like you said, not so much where we get that perception, but I think, what do we do with it? And I think the, the, the best, um, question that I can ask somebody is just to figure out what is good enough for you. What does organization mean for you? What is a clean home for you? Because everybody's going to have a different opinion or a different, what I call toleration of what they can actually tolerate. I know when I'm at my breaking point, when I just have to stop what I'm doing, and pick up the living room or right. actually I'll have the whole house, like my, my, um, my whole family say, okay, we're, we're having an all house clean. And so, um, we're all going to, you know, spend the next half hour just picking stuff up because I have reached my limit. So everybody's limit is different. And, um, you know, some people can't go to bed with dishes in the sink and I can I have no problem leaving <laughs> the dinner dishes. My husband has no problem with that either. <laughs> yeah, I have no problem with that. But in the morning, they have to get done. Like, you can't do that twice. Like, you can't do it two nights in a row because then you really start to back up, right? I mean, there's there's these limitations that everybody has. And so my question would be, really, what is yours? What What is good enough for you? Stop comparing yourself to other people because it's just not reality. And um, figure out, you know, what will work for you. Um and be okay with the mess because sometimes that's just the way it is, especially if you've chosen to, instead of doing the dishes, you're helping your kids with homework. I mean, you know, what are your, what's the priority there right. and, and what's more important? Well, I would hope you would think your kids are. So, you know, again, you can't leave the dishes in for weeks on end. I mean, at some point that has to become a priority, but I think it is really, um, important just to kind of see what's going on at that time and, and go from there and be okay with the mess sometimes, especially if you have kids, because it's going to happen. Right. I think the other thing that at least in my house and we just moved. So I've, I have two houses worth of experience in recent past to say this about, but there's always one room or one area in my house that makes me insane. And for some reason, both of these houses have had like a big island in the kitchen. That is where everyone dumps their stuff and it makes me insane. And I can't tell you just the mental clarity it gives me when that doesn't look like that. So how do we get from that overwhelmed feeling to cleaning it up, but not always having to be the person to do it all. Cause I think that's the other, I don't know, maybe this is just my dynamic. 
I get overwhelmed, then I get mad, and then I know no one else is going to do it, and I don't want to make anyone else do it because I'm already mad and feeling resentful. So then I just do it, and then I'm resentful about the whole thing. Right, right. I know. Same thing has happened to me. Uh, And then I took control of that situation. I'm sure you did. (laughs) Yes, because I was getting mad about being resentful. So I, I did. I took control of that situation by delegating. And I think that that's what I would say is the first kind of practical tip for you, uh, for your listeners, is that if you um, you feel like you're doing everything and you're overwhelmed, is to really consider, you know, what, what are the things that have to get done? Like almost write a list out of everything that has to get done. And then look at that list and decide, you know, what are the things that you like to do? What don't you like to do? What do you have time for? What don't you have time? for and um, really kind of prioritize what's most important and then delegating the rest. And the delegation can go in a lot of, uh, in a lot of different ways. Um, I would say first go to your family members, you know, sit down with your family, including your spouse, make sure that they're involved and uh, look at that list that you've put together of all the things that need to get done and ask them, you know, what are you guys um, interested in doing? What don't you like to do? What, what would you like to do? And try to kind of come together with a plan of who's going to do what. Now, everybody might say, I don't, nobody wants to take out the trash. Well, somebody has to take out the trash. So one week you're going to do it. The next week you're going to do it. However you, you make that work. Um, the chores have to get done. That's just part of living in a home. And so, you know, we all have to take responsibility for that. You know, you and I had a conversation before this podcast a couple of weeks ago, and I actually implemented one of your strategies. So I want to share it now. And it was, I think you said something to the effect of, you know, I don't mind growing grocery shopping. I don't mind making all the dinners because I like to cook and I like putting a healthy meal on the table for my family. But I feel like I shouldn't have to clean up. So I don't. And I have my family clean up. Whoever makes dinner, the other members of the family clean up. And I thought, that is such a great idea. And I just looked at my family. I mean, I have a 10-year-old and a 12-year-old. So they are not infants. They can absolutely help. And I said, I made dinner tonight. So whoever makes dinner somebody else has to clean up. And sure enough, they've been cleaning up. And actually, a nice other side benefit of that is that my 10-year-old decided to make dinner last night so she didn't have to clean up, which was phenomenal. (laughs) That's great. So I love that tip. I love that tip. Well, and I think that that lessens the resentment from our point of view, right? I mean, like I know that I have a lot more, like, I'm just happier to make a meal when I know I don't have to clean it up. And it's really nice to be able to walk away from the table. Exactly. That was such a good feeling. Yeah. It's a really good feeling. Well, and because most of the time, at least for me, I'm the one, I'm the last person eating because I'm like serving everybody else. And so, um, it is, it's a great feeling to be able to walk away. And you know, I'm in the same situation. My kids are older and they are all capable of helping, including my spouse is, is capable of, of helping. And so that was my point is you, the three of you can do this and the, and the three of you doing it together is not going to make it very time consuming. Yeah. It's going to be easy. Um, and you know, I think that even for smaller kids now we're lucky because our children are older, but even for smaller kids, you can still get them into the responsibility of cleaning up. It's a matter of teaching them, you know, where things go and it's a matter of following through. And that's the hardest part is just being consistent. Um, but you can teach a two-year-old to put cars in a bin. I mean, it's, you know, you can get them involved. You just have to have to do it. 
I have to I, bite the bullet and do it. And, and it's the follow-up piece, right? Like I, I, my, as I said, my kids are 10 and 12. I still, if I'm cleaning up the kitchen, have to usually remind them to put their dishes in the dishwasher. I mean, come on. Yeah, How yeah. many years have I been saying that? So it's, you're right. And at some point I'm just praying that it will become rote memorization and muscle memory and they will just automatically get up and put them in the dishwasher without That's even right. sassing. That's right. Let's hope. <laughs> There's got to be hope. You know, the other the, the other piece of this that I that I often talk to clients about is, you know, can you hire someone to to come help you? And that could be in a lot of different forms. Um, the most common can be a house cleaner. Um, if you can afford it to have somebody come in every couple weeks um, to, to clean your house. And, um, you know, I was just talking to somebody the other day about this and, and she was like, yeah, I love the idea, but I just there's this like shame part of me yeah. that thinks I shouldn't call, like I should be able to do this. Totally. And, and I'm thinking, why, why should you have to do this? You know, and there is no shame in my opinion of, of asking for help. Um, in fact, you're going to be so much happier and the payoff of spending that money is going to be huge to you and your family because you're going to be less stressed. You're going to have more time on the weekends. You're going to be more present with your kids. I mean, you look at just, you know, the, the benefits, benefits of it and it becomes worth it very quickly and the shame can go away really fast because you're like, Oh wow, this is really great. Well, I I have a friend too. I think you actually might even know this friend, Nikki, (laughs) and she, her mother comes over once a week and this friend gives her mother a list of little things she can do to help, you know, pick up these four things at the grocery store, return this library book. Like it's, it's, (laughs) she just comes and she gives her a list to do. So I think it's interesting that, the, the cleaning thing, the cleaning person thing, I totally agree. There's absolutely no shame in it. Not everyone can afford that. Right. Um, so I think there are some other options too. You know, maybe it's getting your kids to help out a little bit more. Maybe it's having a family member who has a little bit more time on their hands to come and help out. But I think, you know, you're hitting on a really important point, And that is we got to ask for help sometimes because I, I don't know how your work life goes, but there are certain months out of the year that I know I'm going to be flat out. And Mm -hmm. I need to call in the reinforcements and I have to have like a family meeting at the beginning of the month to say, look, this is going to be a crazy month work-wise. I'm going to be gone for a week. This is all happening and I need your help. And I, you know, I don't have a lot of shame in calling in the reinforcements, but what about people who don't have family nearby or they don't have limitless pocketbooks to pay cleaning people and chefs to make their life lovely? Well, this is the thing is I think that even though, you know, I'm going to say hire like a babysitter or a high school student. So what I mean by that is that you're not paying somebody, you know, 20 to $50 an hour to clean your house or whatever the the going rate is. It can be less expensive, but, but, but having like your babysitter come over and ask the babysitter, you know, why you're here, can you fold the laundry? I did that when I was babysitting. Um, you know, there's no reason that we can't ask our babysitters to do that now, you know, or hire a high school student for a couple hours to, or, you know, a a few hours a week to do your actual laundry. I know that sounds crazy, but oh my gosh, what a relief it would be if you didn't have to worry about your laundry, you know? Um, if you have an older babysitter who can drive, you can always ask them to, to go to the store for you and pick up 
up those those extra items like bread and milk and things like that. Or, you know, if they're, again, older and you trust them, you can have them cook dinner or at least start dinner, prepping dinner for you, anything that's going to lessen the load. So yes, I keep kind of going back to hiring somebody, but it doesn't have to be really expensive. And you again, I think you have to go back to what's the benefit, you know, does it mean that I'm going to be a less stressed out mom because I had, you know, some help then, um, I, you know, I would figure it out. I mean, you know, see what you can do. Um, ask, you know, instead of gifts for birthday and Christmas, that's what you ask for. I want, oh, I want that's a good idea. this, I want you to help me with this or whatever, you know? So there's probably ways to get around it where you're not spending a ton of money. Um, but again, going back to just don't be afraid to ask for help. I mean, and a martyr. Can, don't be a martyr. You, well, yeah. And, you know, I remember, Megan, when we had little kids, we swapped um, yep. babysitting evenings. Like our kids would go to the one person's house either for the night or at least for the evening so that the, the couple could go to a dinner or a movie or whatever. And that was a huge help. I yeah, mean, you know, was, just that was phenomenal. And there were there were more. It wasn't just Nikki and I. There were probably four or five of us. So you only had to watch somebody else's kids. I mean, admittedly, there were 10 right. kids. Yeah. You only had to watch them maybe once a quarter, if that, and then you had four other nights that were completely yours. yours. So I love, I'm glad that you brought that up. I almost forgot about it. And it's, you know, we, we get a little bit spoiled with slightly older kids because I don't know about you, but I can leave my kid for an hour or half hour here and there to go run an errand, but people with littler kids, you can't, you can't necessarily do that. So I am glad you brought that up. And that's a really, really great, great tip for people, especially with younger kids. I want to come back a little bit to, um, just having, that overwhelming feeling like, what do you, how do you avoid? I think this is my problem and a lot of other people's problems. It just gets to be so overwhelming when everything is out of place. And so it's not just, you have, you know, three socks on the floor. It is like, I can't see my kitchen Island. I can't see the side counter. There's everyone's stuff all over the place. Like, and black bathrooms need to be cleaned. The floor needs to be vacuumed. It's a bomb because we've neglected it for too long. So like, how do you, how do we avoid getting to that point? Well, okay. Avoidance. That's yes. a good question because that's different than okay, here it is. And now I've got to tackle it. Um, which you just start tackling it. So I was going to say, you know, if, if you don't know where to start, you want to start in the areas that are bothering you the most. And so if your Island is the, is the worst for you, then I would say, you know, start there and get everybody involved and take the time. Maybe it's a Saturday afternoon. And then that evening as a reward, you all get to go out to dinner and get dessert, you know, or something like that. So make it kind of fun for the family. I think it is a, is a big deal, but going back to the, how do you avoid it in the first place? There's two, um, tips that I have that I will tell people that I think that this is really the key to organization. (laughs) Um, so if you take anything away from today, take these two tips. Uh, one is for everything, there is a place. And this is something that I talked about a lot in my organizing business when I had it is, you know, clutter accumulates typically because there hasn't been a decision that's been made on where to put something. It doesn't have that home. So if you don't know where it's supposed to go, well, guess what? It's going to stack. It's going to go wherever it goes. Um, so the, the key here is that everything, no matter how little, uh, whether it's a pin or, you know, clothing, you need to know where things go so that you can put it back. 
Um, so it's a place for it to live. And then when you use it, it's a place for it to go back. Um, these homes have to be convenient. They can't be too stuffed or too hard to get to because if they are, then again, what's going to happen, those things are going to get stacked. They're going to get thrown on the back of the couch, whatever. Um, so we have to make our homes convenient and easy. Um, and I have, I, I'm also been very known to say, you know, less is more, the less you have, the less you have to organize. Yes. Um, I definitely believe that you have to purge. You have to let go of stuff that doesn't serve you anymore. Keep the things that you love, that you need, that you really, really want. Um, but if you're keeping things out of guilt or out of things that you think you should have or keep, um, really second guess that stuff. Uh, and if you have issues with letting go, if you have issues with purging, then I, I highly suggest, if you can, hire a professional organizer to come help you or get a friend or a family member who is organized in your eyes and have them help you. They can show you how to do it. Absolutely. That's such a great tip. I have another friend that will help me occasionally. She lives out of state now, but when she comes into town, I say, can you please just help me just think through what to do with this closet? Cause it's a bomb. So I think that's a great tip as well. And again, let go of the shame piece, you know, yeah. the people are willing to help you, especially if they're your friends. So get Absolutely. over it, show somebody what your pantry looks like and just, just dig in. Just dig in. You know, Go ahead. Oh, oh, I was just going to say, I have my second tip, but if you have something to say. No, no, no. Okay. The the, the second tip, again, that I want people to take away with is that daily cleanup. Um, And that's maintenance. And so assuming that you have um, placed everything in its home, that everything has a place to go, then at the end of the day, you can do a quick daily cleanup and put things back. And, um, you know, I know I say daily because that's the ideal. and, but that's not always realistic and that's okay. I think that, um, you know, you have to kind of be aware of what's happening and there's sort of this three day rule that I'll give clients that, you know, if you go three days without doing that daily cleanup, then after the third day, you pretty much just have to do it. There's no excuses, get it done. Because if you don't, you're going to backslide and you're going to start seeing that clutter accumulate. And the overwhelm. And the overwhelm. Yeah. So, you know, after three days, that's it. You got to do it. And, and it can be fun. I mean, you know, put the music on again, get the family involved, do that all house clean, put stuff away, make it a race, do whatever you need to do. Um, but that's going to definitely help with the maintenance and uh, keeping things in order. You want to know what we did? We take, mm. we took the punitive route on that because we would say, pick up all of your things. Yeah, everyone's going to pick up their stuff. And admittedly, we will, we would just say it directively and just say, pick up your stuff and it wouldn't happen. So what I, we've implemented that's actually working is a lost and found. So if your things are not picked up by the time you go to bed and I see them, they go into a lost and found in my office. And if you want them back, you have to pay me a quarter. Oh, nice. Yes. So I have a little jar that I've got running. And it's funny because my younger daughter will actually pay me in advance and she'll say, okay, these are for the next three things that I'm going to forget and leave out. So, you know, I mean, I like your method better. It wasn't working in my home. So we had to have something a little bit stricter and more serious. I love that. And that's exactly what you have to tweak. There is no right or wrong way to do things. You just have to try stuff and and uh, see what works and what sticks with your family and, and go from there. 
Thank you so much. That's such great tips. And Nikki, it's been such a pleasure to talk to you today. I do want to give you just a minute because we talked about how you started your business as a professional organizer, and now you're working with folks with ADHD as a coach. So can you just talk for a little bit about that and then how people can find out more about you if they'd like to do that? Absolutely. So yes, I made the switch a couple of years ago from, from professional organizing to ADHD coaching. And what I do is I work with adults who have ADHD, typically uh, work with them once a week, and we work on all kinds of things. Um, that uh, they may feel maybe challenged with or, or just want some extra support. Uh, I also work with college students who have ADHD, and, and that is a very specific focused um, type of coaching because we're trying to get them to graduate with a degree. And so um, there's lots of things with that that you can find more information um, on my website. So yes, my website is where you can find me. Uh, it's at takecontroladhd.com, and you can email me at Nikki at TakeControlADHD.com if you have any questions about the coaching services. Um, the website definitely gives you a lot more explanation of how it works and what it is. And um, But if you're just curious to know because you've never heard of that before or want to know more about it, please, um, please let me know. Contact me. Excellent. Thank you again so much, Nikki. It was such a pleasure to chat with you and to hear some great tips and to just kind of dish a little bit about my own personal frustrations. So thank you so, so much. <laughs> thank I'm, you. I'm, um, are you on Twitter? I am. Yes. And that is uh, Take Control ADHD too. Oh, excellent. And Facebook. Oh, excellent. I okay. Actually, yeah. Yeah. The Facebook is Take Control ADHD, but you can also look it up and say Nikki Kinzer ADHD coach and you'll find me on Facebook too. Perfect. And I'll put those in the show notes as well. I'm also on Twitter at Megan Strand and I have a new website. It is LH, the number four WM, Life Hacks for Working Mom. So LH number four WM.com. And on behalf of Nikki and myself, we'd like to thank you so, so much for joining us today for this episode of Life Hacks for Working Moms. 